Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. In this episode, we have Brenson Johnson on. He's uh, the representative of a really awesome brewery out of Iowa called Toppling Goliath. Some absolutely amazing beers that we were able to have a chance to sit down and talk about and pour them and drink and you know just have a good time. Talked a lot about the brewery, little about himself, and we were able to uh, basically pour a lot of beers out at our bar for uh, people to try. So we hope you like the episode and stay tuned for some new things. Thank you very much, take care. Son of sons. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and pull the mic closer to your mouth. Yeah. You want to be like a fist length away. So right, whatever yep, it's comfortable yep. for you. Perfect. Jackie, Just like singing. I was in some bands. I played some music. Can so. you bump up my headphone one notch? One notch. What are you, like a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's Turn my mic up. Jack, Jack, Jack. One, two, three. Turn my mic up in here. So, All right, so we are Bre- rocking and rolling. Bre- Brenson Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Brenson <laughs> Johnson. There you go. All right, you're sons of a Bren and a John, apparently. Yes, that would be well, that would be you're correct. <laughs> if we were to get back to the surname, I think so. Yeah. Excellent. Well, so yeah, everybody. Today uh, we have uh, Brenson Johnson from Toppling Goliath here to uh, discuss uh, a whole bunch of well, all their beers. So yeah. I am super excited about this. Uh, since we opened our shop, actually, the one of the beers we've gotten the most requests for has been Toppling Goliath. Constantly, people are always sending me, showing me pictures, like, can you get this? Can you get this? Can you get this? I'm like, nope, 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 nope. So it's so nice to be able to have these beers and actually be able to drink these beers right now. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and so um, thank you for having me. This is going to be awesome. But, yeah, we are really pumped. We're excited. We've got a lot of uh, feedback over the years and a lot of requests uh, from accounts wanting us to come here. And, uh, you know, I think we see a lot of people from the Midwest living here and moving here, and so there's a lot of demand for our beer. And uh, I'm excited to drink some beers and talk with you about them, and we can talk about life and just different things in general. We've already had some pretty good conversations off the air, so um, I'm excited. It should be fun. So so I see that Topping Goliath now just launched into, what, two new states? Yeah, so we just launched into uh, uh, announcing at the same time uh, here in Texas, and Texas is coming up here soon. Uh, I'm not going to give too much info there, uh, but we're coming, and it's happening. We're super excited. We're in the planning uh, uh, stages of that and getting everything set up. And then I know we're also going to move into some other more markets on the East Coast, too. Um, you know, every year we just kind of strategically looking at uh, sending our beer to some more places. And um, uh, we're also filling out California. We uh, are going to be uh, uh, launching with another distributor up kind of in the Bay Area, surrounding area up there. So. There's more and more coming uh, as far as uh, Toppling Goliath for many markets. But right now, we're here in Arizona, and we're focused on that, and uh, super excited. That's got to be a crazy volu- or like a volume increase going from just selling to- in Iowa to California. Dude, you guys are invading like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah like... I mean, we're, we're toppling right now. That's a, We're toppling <laughs> Goliath. We're you are literally our... <laughs> the Goliath of all of this, basically. <laughs> we're trying to take on the, the big guys. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're obviously uh, getting bigger, but we're still a, a, a drop in the uh, pond, a small fish in the pond so to speak so uh but you know our our focus is to make quality beer not quantity and we're going to keep on doing that and we've grown and our size has gotten bigger but uh, it's never going to be the goal to uh be everywhere and i mean we want to sell everywhere but we're not going to have our accounts our beer in every account and uh we want to just keep on focus making quality beer 
Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it's funny. I never realized how many people we had from Iowa till probably the last two weeks. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah, usually from when it comes to, I would say, all the transplants of Arizona. Arizona's a transplant state. Yeah. Like, it's rare when you find natives like myself. I met somebody the other day who was, she was born here, and she's like 60 years old. Rarest thing I've ever seen. But one day, I think it was like six or seven dudes came in. One had an Iowa hat. Another dude had a shirt on. And they were all like, Hawkeye, Cyclone Flans. And they're like, yeah, we saw you had Toppling Goliath. We wanted to come in. And it's just been like more and more and more people have been like, yeah, yeah. I'm from this part of Iowa and this part. And my only thing I ever knew about Iowa is... I had a fake ID in college from Iowa, <laughs> and it was from Ames, Iowa. So it's like oh, I had man. to learn everything about Ames to make sure it could pass. And the one time I got caught where it was fake was I handed it to a bouncer, and the bouncer goes, oh, sweet, another person from Iowa. I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm from Ames, too. I was like, very cool. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to get called out on something. He's like, all right, man, cool. Have a good day. And I got my ID back. I was like, yeah, man, go Hawkeyes. And he grabs it and goes, nope, not the right one. It's like, Fuck, that's the Cyclones. Yeah, 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 you got it wrong. They take that very seriously there. I'll just be uh, upfront and honest. I am not from Iowa, so uh, if I get anything wrong about Iowa or make anybody that's from Iowa mad about this, uh, I apologize because they have a lot of pride. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that <laughs> it, it, I do know that. There is a difference between that, and I found that out because so I live in, in Minnesota. I'm a... Um, native of Minnesota and live in Minneapolis. And, um, you know, we have a ton of people from Iowa too. And when we were, um, I was working the area and I found out there's some bars that are Iowa Hawkeyes and Cyclone bars. That's when I noticed the difference in the rally, uh, like uh, the difference of the, of the two group and how serious or groups teams and how serious, uh, they are about that rivalry. Oh, it's crazy. And, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's bonkers. And I mean, it's, I guess it's like the Vikings and Packers, but I in mean, the same state, so. I felt like every single person that came in to ask us if we had Topping Goliath had to put on something from Iowa first before they came in here. <laughs> like, it well, was like, it's like, oh, I'm going to go buy Iowa beer. I got to put on my uniform. I got to yeah. put on my hat. Got to put on my jersey. Like, every person. Well, so, they don't have anything else. Well, I mean, we, do they, have, they don't have a professional sports team, right? Uh, no, they don't. Yeah. We, we got used to it, though, because every time we'd see someone walk in with Iowa, like, you're here from Topping Goliath, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say that's really weird is... Um, so in Minnesota, what I see a lot is uh, in Decor, Iowa, we have Luther College, which is really a pop popular liberal arts college. And there's people from all around you know, the world that go there, but there's a lot of people from Minnesota. And so when I'm at events in Minnesota, I get a lot of Luther College grads that come out, and it's the same thing. It's like they're like a cult. They're super proud and excited. And I get it. It's a great school. It's a great town. But like they are just like, I went to Luther College, like top like Goliath. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not from Decor. I'm from Minnesota. But like... Uh, it's just kind of a funny thing, and and they're great people, and they're passionate, and they like the town and support it, and that's a huge thing. But one of the cool things that I will say that like you're seeing like a lot of the people from Iowa, but where the brewery is positioned is 17 miles over the border of uh, southeastern Minnesota, and so it's super close to Rochester, Minnesota, and then it's only you know like two and a half hours, three hours from La Crosse. So we're like positioned, and I can't remember there's a term for it, but like um, or a reference to the area, but it just embodies like three states so in wisconsin and minnesota uh we get a local-ish pass so um you know we're not a local brand in minnesota and wisconsin but because we're so close to those areas and just a, a, a midwest brewery and uh, you know where people like our beer and they're passionate uh, about it we get like this pass and it's and it's really cool you know people in minnesota iowa and wisconsin are very passionate about it so you definitely will probably see some people from some of those uh areas w uh, as well even in the dakotas we do really well and they're super pumped about it so um like you're saying just how many different people come here from from areas and 
obviously a lot of snowbirds are going to come and they're going to know the beer and uh it's it's a super awesome thing like it's super cool that we're just like you know not every brewery can pull that off you know there's a lot of breweries yeah. like for example surly would be the big brewery in minnesota and you know they do great yeah, in a which lot of, we carry yep yeah. and they do great in a lot of places but they're in you know like entrenched into minnesota uh you know as far as the culture and and whatnot whereas toppling goliath we've kind of embodied this like multiple states and stuff so it's super awesome but very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that whole Midwest like culture of everybody kind of feeds into either Florida yeah. or Arizona when they leave for the summer or yeah. their winter, excuse me. Cause you know, it's just an invasion of snowbirds during that time. The accent level in Arizona goes through the roof during that time. My very first stop today, I got, uh, it was a lady that was from Illinois, Nora, and then, um, I think Kyle was from Michigan. And, and so they were loving on the Minnesota accent and the Midwest accent. And, uh, you know, it was pretty, I thought, average. You know, in Minnesota, I don't think my accent is anything crazy, but uh, it was coming out. And, uh, uh, you know, I I think later on when we're back at that account for an event and I've had more beers, it's going to get worse. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's that way with, like, yeah. Minnesota people, but New Yorkers, the more I drink, the more my awes come out. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, my my, my vowels are obviously changing. Sure, yeah. A lot of yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. The O's hit real hard, yeah. too. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. don't you know? Yep, a lot oofta. of that. That oofta thing, man. That is, <laughs> I don't know what that saying is. but uh, uh, You know, I never said it a lot when I was younger, but now that I get a Older, I kind of like to say it. it's fun to say oofta. So, but yeah. <laughs> so, how many states is uh, Top and Goliath now officially in? Thirty-two. Uh, oh shit! Thirty-two states, and then uh, we're in a bunch of countries. I can't get. I think I, I want to say like ten to sixteen. I can't remember the number. No way. Of that different might, countries. Yeah, different countries. Yeah, I know that we're working on some stuff in Japan right now, and um, but yeah, you know, Thailand, China. Um, Australia, there's a bunch of different markets that we're shipping beer yeah. to. And I mean, we saw the whole, uh, you know, forever it's been imports, imports and Belgian beer um, and American beer was kind of just like not a factor. And now it's going the opposite direction. We're seeing a lot of uh, American beer uh, being shipped overseas to different countries. And, uh, you know, we've really taken, taken the forefront as far as craft and innovation. So there's a huge demand for it. That's got to be something about, you know, you go to other countries and they've never had like a New England or a hazy IPA. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way that exists in most other places. No. I mean, I imagine in Europe, they probably don't even have IPAs really that often. And if they do, it's like a stone or I don't know what other big brand might make it over there to do that. Founders, Lagunitas, a lot of those bigger brands have made it over there, but some smaller ones are shipping over there too. And there's a demand, you know, obviously untapped and some of these uh, rating websites and, and, and the beer community has became smaller as far as shipping and, and, and uh, you know, the, the trade aspect of it. So, uh, you know, beer goes a lot further and, um, you know, I mean, you can see a small brewery from Phoenix here, somehow their beer ends up in, in a different, in a different country. Yeah. I think at that point friend. it's going to be four peaks will be the one that moves around the most. And yeah. it's weird when you, you know, like from a place where you know the brewery, like we grew up with Fort Peaks, Damon was there when it was opening and I grew up with it in college and, you know, high school, but I've seen it change from what it was small to now when it got bought out by that Anheuser uh, InBev group. Yeah. And it, the quality shifted and you could kind of be like, well, it's not what it used to be and what it was, but if you're going to go around the world, obviously it's going to change, especially when you get bought by a big guy. Mm -hmm. And so Arizona-wise, I don't think anything ever left the state besides maybe Oak Creek or Grand Canyon to Las Vegas. And now I think Ren is 
maybe in San Diego, California, but that's really it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with how big you guys are in all the states, are you just, you're not owned by anybody. It's still no. private. Clark and Barb Louie is our, our owners and founders. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, family-owned uh, independent company. That's really company. cool. Yep. So yeah. who's Dorothy? Dorothy uh, is uh, Clark's grandmother. So this is a beer. Oh, nice. Sorry, we're Do drinking it. the Dorothy's Lager right now, uh, that beautiful can there. The it's glare on that nice is terrible. <laughs> but, the, yeah. the little blue kind of plaid on there. But Dorothy's uh, uh, Lager is named after Clark's grandmother, Dorothy. That's Clark. awesome. Um, yep, and he created this beer, um, you know, when he was home brewing, um, uh, based on he was doing, you know, and when the brewery started, they were doing a lot of IPAs and stuff, and she wasn't very fond of that. Um, so he made a lager. And uh, it's technically a California common ale has the uh, technicality behind it, but crisp, or clean, crisp, refreshing, full-bodied. Um, you know, I get a little bit more malt character on on it, um, and a little bit of kind of fruity yeast character to it. I, sometimes I get a little uh, blueberry notes on it, but fantastic beer, a great on a hot day, great in Arizona weather. Yeah, I've never. I've never heard that term. What do you call it? California Common? Yeah, California Common, which is, uh, a st- is Anchor Steam. Uh, okay. That's w- what that is, technically. So it's like a uh, steam beer. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of, especially now that we're getting into 90s, heading into 100s, those real light beers. I mean, we could kind of see the shift. We see it in wine a lot. Rosé hits real hard. Well, it's first 90-degree day. Everybody goes, all right, well, rosé sales go up. So now that we see it with beers, you know, we came off of what we have, like four taps at one point of all light beers. And then we dropped it down to two. Now it's getting hot again. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll go to three. We'll go to four because more people want pilsners, lagers, kolsches, things like that seltzers for the most part. And, oh, yeah. seltzers are crazy and right sour, now. Sours and stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Don't. it's awesome that you guys are wine-focused because oh, it's awesome yeah. you guys are wine-focused as well. Um, you know, I really like wine. That, um my background before I got into beer. Well, I should say this. I was homebrewing and I was into beer. That's cool. Uh, but I got a job at a high-end wine store up in Minnesota, and uh, they maybe do some training and whatnot. So I really like wine as well. So Well, after being in wine for so long, you get off from work, the last thing you want to do typically is have a glass of wine after literally... Drinking wine and talking about wine all day. Yeah, that's I'm how we both got yeah. into beers. Cause. I'm, yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I go home and I want to drink wine because I'm drinking beer all the time. I totally. want to have a cocktail or I want to have wine. So, uh, you know, we're coming from the little bit op- opposite spectrum of, you know, where our past has been in, in the industry. So, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, every time I made wine, so I make wine for a winery as well. Um, our winery's up in North Scottsdale, so you'll be up in that area at some point later today. And I, all my wine is made on the back of Peroni. Like, I just, I have packs and packs of Peroni just sitting up there because it's my favorite go-to, light, easy drinking, just whatever beer kind of a thing. Yeah. But now, with everything that keeps coming in, the more cold, the more pills, I'm like, oh, crap, my my... My go-to beer is now like, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Don't matter anymore. So now I drink all of these. <laughs> we uh, worked on a Pilsner uh, last year. It was something that me and a couple employees wanted. And I know our brewer was really interested in, in doing. And um, um, we did three different versions. We did a Bohemian, a Czech, and a German-style Pilsner. And we were doing like a Pilsner off. <laughs> where we were doing like uh, and unfortunately the pandemic uh, happened uh so it kind of closed down all these events and whatnot but we were doing a cool like you know choose your own pills or with scorecards with all three of them on and people trying and whatnot um just to kind of see what people liked and what one would sell best and uh, i was pretty excited about it i got to have a, a couple of the events and they were fun but my favorite one got canceled. There was a German bar that I was going to do a uh, the Pilsner Hof uh, event at and it was going to be a play on uh, a um 
David Hasselhoff like themed uh, Pilsner event where like we were gonna have the Pilsners on at this German bar and hopefully we everybody do, like, wears something that looks like it. We were gonna have like a David Hasselhoff like trivia like <laughs> it was gonna be awesome. So and it was gonna be Pilsner instead of off like Hoff H O F F on like the event poster. But yeah, no, I'm a huge um, you know been a craft beer fan for a long time and I, my tastes uh, go on waves. I've been all over the spectrum on things, but. I'm very much into Pilsners and have been for the last couple of years. It's kind of like my island beer. Like I'd take a crisp, clean Pilsner uh, any day if that was going to be my last beer. That's actually a question we ask people a lot with wines, but we never ask them that with beer. Is like, what's your desert island beer? Yeah, it's yeah. good. We always had that one with uh, most times. It's always like a Riesling or something. But now that it's like you get into beer, it's what's, what's your go-to for every beer? What's here? funny is the the you know desert island beer would not be the top-rated beers on Untapped ever. No, because those are all like stouts and in yeah. your face big ones. It'd, it'd probably be something that's rated like three two. Yeah, dude, all the, all the different. I've never KBBS seen a... from Toppling Goliath, which is fantastic, <laughs> phenomenal beers that have been rated number you know one and number two. But yeah, I mean that would yes, one hundred percent. I'm a weirdo. If I had like an island wine, it would be like if it was like the one wine I could drink if I was stuck on an island. Like I like a lot of like natural wines and spontaneous. Yeah. Like so, it'd be something weird like that, like red spontaneous immaculate inoculations. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. We got to get those shirts made. The spontaneous inoculation. I'd buy yeah. one. Yeah, I'd bite on that. Could just have like somebody sprinkling like <laughs> some <laughs> yeast onto you know like a pitcher of wine or a fermentation tank of it. Yeah, it's funny though because we say desert island wine, but we were talking like if you could never drink anything again other than one type of of beer, what would it be? Because desert island, you think all right, something light, something easy. But if you were like they came up and said, hey, you're allergic to all beer except for one style, you know, this is it. This is all you can ever drink again. What would it be? It'd be a Czech Pilsner. Yeah, I'd say mine would either be a Pilsner or Kolsch, something along yeah. those lines. So I'm with that too, but why Czech Pilsner? Like, what's the difference? I on... like, uh, you know, and, and that's a great, like, question because, you know, like, we did those three Pilsners and there were, you know, three different varieties. I like a Czech Pilsner because... Uh, I, I love hoppy beers and I like IPAs, but, like, sometimes, like, that mouthfeel and, like, that character and... It's just... It's, it's too much after a while. Like, and I, I mean... I'm gonna say too much. Like I can drink them all day. Like that happens all the time. <laughs> Anyways, but, but sometimes it <laughs> like getting a crisp, clean pilsner, like a Czech pilsner that has a little bite, a little grassy, a little earthiness on it. I almost get like a little like grape nut or like um, wine esque kind of grassiness to it. Yeah. Like it just reminds you a little bit of like a, a good IPA and a hoppy character, but it's crisp and clean and it's very like palatable and drinkable. And that's that's why I would take that style of beer because like I would at least get like a little element of hops and like what I like about IPAs, but I could drink that beer and like feel hydrated on the island. On withering and dying. Exactly. You and can I rehydrate a, with it. And I have yeah. my 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 uh, volleyball named Wilson that stares at me, you know, like in Castaway with Tom Hanks. So, so it's interesting because we have a Czech Pilsner in there, the Bavarian Pilsner in there. And I'm pretty sure we've had some, there was another style of, it was Italian Pilsner. And there was another one. I mean, the Sub Saharan is the one you love. Oh, that was the, that's my favorite light beer that we had in a long yeah. time. But it's like, okay, at what point, you know, we have New England Hazy. West Coast Hazy, like, can they come across and start doing an Arizona Pilsner, like a Texas Blonde, or things like that for the most part? I think 100%. I, you know, one of the things that um, we've done with some of our recent seasonals, and I've, like, talked with the head brewer and even, like, my best friend, uh, you know, just kind of with, like, what's happening with hazy beers, the hazy IPAs that I'm seeing, like, a lot of the breweries that I'm drinking up in Minnesota and the Midwest is that we're still doing some hazy, uh, like, 
IPAs, uh-huh. but the hot varietals are changing as far as the new things that are around. Yeah, let's go Pompeii let's here. Go Pompeii um, and then we'll go Sudo Sue and then King Sue. Um, so, uh, but what, what I see is. Uh, this is delicious. We're keep, yeah. It's, I could drink I'm gonna, I could I'm going to finish it right now. Yeah. Uh, why not? <laughs> We've only got four more to go. Um, but anyway, so what I see is what's happening with the hazy trend is that uh, the hot varietals are moving back towards hops that uh, lend more towards West Coast style IPAs where you're getting more pine and um, more traditional flavors mixed in with some of the tropical and newer hops. And uh, I've been a huge fan. I think it's awesome. Um, I think that what has happened is that um, for a while, you know, even myself as a drinker, like I loved west coast ipas but i got a little burnt out so i moved to some different styles and then when the hazy ipas came and 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 i found out about that trend i was like whoa awesome like i'm into this this is a different style of ipa it's smoother a little bit more pillowy on the mouthfeel more tropical softer not quite as uh, much of a bite but i think that now that we have a whole demographic of people that are back in and their palates have gotten used to that um, i think that people are going to gravitate and more move back towards that trend and i'm seeing a lot of breweries doing that and i and you're seeing a lot of the hazy ipas that are uh, built on you know the opposite of that moving back to using some of that new hot varieties that have more characters like that so yeah i mean uh- I remember going through college, uh, the only craft, I mean, craft beer thing we had out here at the time was either like some off janky liquor mart. Like we had Fong's down the street that would have New Belgium or Stone or something, but they had World of Beer. And World of Beer was probably too far ahead of its time for Arizona. Yeah. And, you know, we'd go in, 500 beers or 250 beers, or whatever, and have a book and you'd flip through. And our friends and I play a game where you pick a number, pick a page, and just guess whatever. <laughs> but most of the part was we were drinking you know, Natty Ice or Bud Light or Budweiser or Bush Light, whatever, during parties and things. But we would drink all the IPAs off the time. And it was so, what was the new IPA? What was the new IPA? What was the new IPA? And it just got bitter and bitter and bitter and more mm-hmm. bitter. Like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Stone it was, it was, Nation was my biggest one. It was the time. IBU war. It was, how can we have more IBUs? Yeah, and that's ex- basically exactly what happened. It was, hey, look at how much more bitter this can be. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting totally burnt out on it yep. after a while and shifted into back into light beers, maybe some brown. That's when I got real hard in wine because that's when I met him. And then it really went, full dive into wine at that point. And then coming back, this must have been, I don't know, three years before we opened the shop, before it was even like a twinkle in our eye kind of a thing, he goes, you got to try this beer. He was down at a shop and he poured what was orange juice into a glass. I'm like, the fuck is this? And it was the first hazy IPA I'd ever had. And I was like, that's not an IPA. There's no way. That is delicious. It tasted like tropical fruit. It was soft and easy. And ever since then, that's that's just the big thing. But now you're starting to kind of see a balance heading back into that mm-hmm. West Coast style without the crazy overdone bitterness. Now it's like, all right, let's do a single hop or something a little lighter so you get flavor without it shutting your eyes from all the bitterness. So we're actually, uh, this is a great segue to this because we're, we're drinking Pompeii right now, which is our uh, Mosaic Dry yeah, Hop are. IPA. Tell about this one yep. a little bit. Uh, and this is one of my favorites at the brewery. You know, Sue's our flagship beer, and it's phenomenal. And it's it's definitely an amazing beer. But this is one of my favorites, and I think it's a favorite of some of the people at the brewery. And uh, so 100% mosaic hops. I think the ABV is like 6.3 on it now. And um, fantastic IPA. I get overripe mango, tropical notes on it. But my introduction to hazy IPAs was with Pseudo Sue. Um, so there's a liquor store called Casanova's, uh, like kind of like this kind of bar liquor store uh, combo thing in Hudson, Wisconsin. And they got self-distribution from Toplin Glythe. 
And they had it for quite some time. There's a couple other places in Wisconsin uh, before Minnesota, but Hudson is a border town. So everybody would just, you know, uh, we just recently got Sunday sales like X amount of years ago. So <laughs> everybody would drive over to, you know, Wisconsin to get their booze if they needed to. You know, I mean, I've been in the liquor industry forever, so I just have booze all, always. So it was never an issue for me. But um like I remember going and getting Sudosu uh, growlers from Casanova's, but the first one that like wowed me was the double version of this, which is called Sosis. So it's a double IPA version of Pompeii. And uh, like, I just was like, whoa, what is this? And I remember like looking at it and being like, what is this orange juice looking like? It's so turbid. You know, that's my favorite word for uh, looking at it, like <laughs> describing a hazy, hazy beer is turbidity. Uh, and then just like having my mind blown by that beer. And uh, it gave me like such like I remember when bombers came out of it and I could finally buy it in Minnesota and I was just like drinking it all the time. I just had the weirdest dreams after drinking like bottles of that beer, like just the craziest stuff. I can't even remember them, but I remember waking up the next day being like, whoa, like what's going on? But um, man, I can't remember the last time I've seen a bomber like I stouts yeah. maybe, but yep. for the most Limited part, it's... stouts or something at, a, at like a, a yeah, I mean, that that category is. You know, pretty dead. Dead. Yeah. So, but why? Why Pompeii is the name? Is there a yeah, reason so, behind that? So, Mosaic Hops, uh, which obviously is named by uh, by uh, the philosopher. Uh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Oh, this is totally got. He's gonna, everyone he's gonna do what I do. Yeah, you got, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, but anyway, so uh, Pompeii has to do with like Mount uh, Vesuvius, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, where the Mosaic Hops. Uh, you know, the, so Sosis is a philosopher. And he created the artwork Mosaic, which then Mosaic Hops is named after that, which has a... I'm close. I'm close. Just give me a break here. It's been a while. <laughs> Keep going. Totally no, please. But, it, but it, like, that's, that's it's the It's his short. first day in town. Yeah, I don't like, you know, and like He traveled a little bit. You know, he's still sober. We yeah, got to we gotta work yeah. through this. Uh, you know, like I just totally failed my history class there on that one. But uh, I, that's pretty much... He got the, the mountain right or yeah. the volcano right. Did I? I mean, the only reason why is I think on TikTok there was like somebody that said it recently or something. <laughs> that's why I remembered. But, uh, but You totally just aged yourself by saying TikTok. No, I'm 33 years old. I'm too <laughs> for TikTok, but it's pretty funny. So uh, I don't have any friends and don't follow anybody. I just say, so what is the age limit it. for TikTok? Well, my 18? girlfriend's on it and she's oh, 34. Okay. So okay. There yeah. you go. I'm going with people who act 10 to 18. I mean, I got okay. it. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Different yeah, ages. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I got my Instagram account two years ago when I started at Toppling Goliath because I was told I needed to have one because that's what people paid attention. So, uh, you know, like I'm not Mr. Social Media. By I think I started name. my Instagram about three years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I started ours when we did the, yeah. the this podcast. All of us are learning too because it's so funny because like, did you know you could do this on Instagram? I've literally, literally handed my phone to a, like a teenager, be like, I don't know what I'm doing, and they're just like, D -d 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 here yeah, you go. Yeah. I've never felt more old. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Now I know how my dad feels. He's like, I, this is a remote to something. I don't know the fuck yeah. I'm doing. Plug it. this fire stick in. He's like, what? Yeah, what do you mean plug it in? <laughs> what do you I'm, mean I don't have to use cable anymore? I'm not Mr. Technology by any means. Uh, you know, being 33, I probably should be, but I'm I'm, ter I'm pretty terrible. We have more so. important things to do, like drinking good beer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good at building things like you guys were telling me you built the sound room and so i'm like looking at the brickwork in here and everything and uh like just looking at like the wood and stuff and like you didn't build this table but i'm looking at this table <laughs> I, I i originally i have a large art background um, i have a lot of family members that are artists so uh you know and i originally went to school for furniture design so i'm like looking at things like that and i bought a house a couple of years ago and all i'm doing is renovating it i just redid my bathroom um in I, february so i'm sorry wait 
you went to school for furniture design? Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a Midwest. That's got to be a Midwest thing. In Arizona, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like Ikea a, or bust. <laughs> well, I would be the person that designs the furniture at Ikea and would make a ton of money and live in some loft with like robot furniture, you know? Yeah. Oh, and you're flirting, flirting. Yeah. I gave such shit to one of my best friends from high school. He went to school for packaging. I'm like, you're going to school for packaging. I'm like, putting stuff in boxes? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great engineering. He was literally probably the third smartest kid in my high school. And he was literally, I was, we all were like, dude, what are you doing? He ended up creating a way to make like Gerber baby food packaging more efficient, made millions, retired everything. Yeah. I'm just hoping Dogecoin hits or some yeah. shit right now because I'm not going to go into packaging and invent I'm not about to invent anything important in life at this point. I'm just, my whole goal in the world is just to get everybody drunk, make some yeah. wine, sell some beer. That's the point. Make I'm everybody happy. I'm super happy with how life worked out and, you know, working for a brewery and working in the industry. And Dude, that's cool. Yeah, you sell, beer, you sell beer for a living. I sell beer for a living. It's yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> I get to travel and do some fun things. And, you know, it all kind of comes back to my background of, uh, you know, being an artist, playing in some bands, touring with friends, like getting into beer. I remember having that's really cool. Ippos in California because I didn't know what IPAs Ippos. were. I have a guy that yeah. comes in that says that. I, I, it actually, it, I don't mean to offend anybody, but it's such a weird thing to say when they go, "Can I get your newest Dippa?" And I'm like, the, "What? Yeah. A Dippa? D- yeah, you're a Dippa. You're double." And I'm like, "Oh, double have, IPA and your Tippas and Dippas." I'm like, "No." Nope, I have nope, a buddy of mine it. that is like came along in the beer scene, and he calls them. Uh, Di- diapers. diapers and as a joke it's no. super funny yeah, what, what was that quad like though that be a quippa like quippa, you can keep yeah. going oh up? no we had the it was the quintuple yeah <laughs> we had a quintuple a quadruple ipa and it could honestly strip paint off of a have quad. you ever had a quintuple ipa uh, it sounds wrong, doesn't it? I've had I've had a, qu- a quad IPA recently. Yes, um, quad or a quint like we had a quad, quad and someone I, goes, "I have a quintuple." We're like I, what? No, I've had a quad. Uh, I mean, I it was interesting. I'm glad that I got to drink that. He's being amount. politically correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my, I, my was my was yeah. rubbing alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's crazy, Damien. What'd you think of her? She's you. Interesting. She's got a. She's, she's yeah. fun. She's unique. Yeah. Different. It's, it was a. Re- it's a really good brewery. Um, uh, <laughs> he's not. I'm not some, gonna throw this under the bus. Right. Some good beers. They have a great personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was good. I just. It was. They literally packed as many hops as they possibly could in a layer. I'm convinced they put some honey in that beer. It, but it was it was too sweet. It was too much or whatever for me. But it was good, and like they make good beers. I just can't drink like a whole lot of it. But back to the furniture yeah. design thing, though. So, dude, I, I want to see some furniture. I, I hope you have an Instagram of furniture. I, that I don't you've have done. an Instagram of furniture, oh, yeah, that's right. but I have it, plenty of furniture and like plenty. Of, if you were to like go to my house or go to my mom or dad's house, you'd see the Brunson Art Museum of like everything that I've made, uh, which is like sculptures jewelry to painting drawing it everything i have like as since when i was two years old I, i'm pretty sure that was like probably even one year old my mom put a pen in my hand or a, a crayon i started drawing and whatnot so i've grown up with with just a bunch of uh, relatives that are famous artists and so uh, i got burnt I, I went to art school for furniture design i was burnt out on art and i didn't like having to do it for a living and um, and the pressure of that, and I was like, "Whoa, man! I'm paying like a hundred grand to go to Ooh. this school, and like, I don't know that I'm gonna make it." And like, once again, super happy with my life choice. Probably should have stuck it out because what I do know after buying a house and like buying vintage furniture and going all these vintage shops and then like buying furniture, it's all expensive, and there's a ton That's of money into expensive. that, and I could. 
I, I probably could have did really well. And it's my goal when I get old. I'm going to be like Nick Offerman. I'm going to get like a wood shop and I'm just going to be like, making. I was literally waiting to say, do you have an eight by 10 of Nick Offerman hanging in your house? Right so now? I, I wanted, <laughs> I'm not in love with him as much as everybody else, but he's right. pretty cool. So. so I was thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you go over to somebody's house and go, here's my son's trophies. He was in soccer and baseball versus your mom's like, there's the chair he made. There's the desk he made. There's the bed that we use. And so your house smells like rich mahogany. Um, and there's, there's a little bit of furniture, but it'd be more like, like here's like this like jewelry piece and this piece of ceramics or here's this giant sculpture I made like I I know like my my younger brother uh, has like this huge life piece mannequin that I made that's like this cyborg dude with like a computer screen on his head with like a brain and all this wiring and that's like hooked up with these uh like the old school like nintendo like uh like gun like it was that big like the the bazooka, i know what you're thinking about gun. Yeah, yeah yeah and like just like all hooked up <laughs> with like wiring and like uh, i had like it got so heavy i needed to i had to like engineer a way to like platform it and whatnot and so like that was like my whole like sculpture like sci-fi like uh, like vibe and like I, for a second I was like man I should get into doing props for like Hollywood and whatnot that would still be pretty cool I'd be into doing that dude like, you could probably have a so. dope Etsy shop like on and the best thing about like today is more people like more eclectic homemade little things even at cost yeah. of, in some cases like you know this could be your job but if you start you know whittling away on little things here and there all of a sudden you could retire and be like listen it's 50 it's time for me to start making some really cool things but Toblin Goliath has given me a great way. Like all of our artwork is designed by Sarah Hudlin, who is our creative director in house. Uh, you know, so like I think you saw the posters that we did, the uh, Toppling Arizona posters. Mm -hmm. That was just like an idea when we were on a call with Scout, like setting this all up months ago, and like we're like asking just like questions of like ways like we could make some cool posters. And I like I was like, all right, I got an idea. And I was like, what if we made a Toppling Goliath poster that was raising Arizona themed, but with like the pseudo Sue on it, and it and and like so my creative director jumped on that right away and, and so i'm happy to see that it, it's gotten that's out really there and cool. people are into it and whatnot but that's kind of like my uh probably my art scratch is that i help out on the marketing side and help out and do doing cool things so, so i want to say real real fast on this so i'm learning more and more about hops obviously because like as a wine person i could tell you what grapes should taste yeah. like in barrels and stuff mosaic this is the only hop that's in there's mosaic yeah right? so we do a great job with some of our core beers of showcasing single hops so this is the pompeii as we were talking about earlier uh, and i what i like about this hop is that i get overripe mango notes to it okay because I, I was thinking this is tropical yep, a little bit tropical. but i don't know what yep. i'm looking for yet so definitely there's some tropical notes on it but i get a lot of overripe mango like and i think we do a really good job on the malt presence of this beer of like lending to that and it's very pillowy and it just like showcases the hop um uh, like having a good, ca good canvas to it but i just like get that overripe mango overripe fruit and then tons of tropical notes on it uh, it doesn't linger as far as like uh, you know bitter or anything but just clean and refreshing that's what i get some people get some like blueberry notes on mango on uh, mosaic hops i don't particularly get that on this beer i think over a long period of time you and i sitting down doing things like that we'll figure it out because like we sit there the best way i we have found is that you know if you're trying to learn wines it's best to sit around a group of people and sit there and be like mm -hmm. okay what do you get what do you get you get and if you get like the weird things you know you can kind of break down but if he says oh I taste mango and I say pineapple. Okay, so tropical fruit, and then you break down. Versus if somebody comes along and goes, "Yeah, I, I get blueberry," you'd be like, "Wait, what? Like, how do you get that?" But that's the per the best part about drinking and like eating. Like, 
you know, I have a pretty sensitive palate being born without the sense of hearing in my, uh, or not having any hearing in my left ear. So I have like an elevated nose, like an elevated like palate. And like, just because I think something tastes like something or smells something like that doesn't, doesn't like mean I'm right. It's all subjective. It's exactly you know? that's what, what the best say. part about it is, you know? And like, uh, you know, but the difference is that there is good versus bad. Like, you know, like there are, there is quality product and there's not quality product, but I don't judge, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, hold it yeah, together. That's I'm not going to be, I used to be a big snob. Those days are long and gone. So if anybody wants to buy all my cellared beer that I spent too much money on, as far as starts and sours, they should hit me up. I'll just get rid of it. You can just have her for free. So it's much easier to sneak up on you from one side than the other. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, um, not to go back to this, but I, I, I sleep on my right side. Uh, and, uh, I can just tell you, like, uh, you know, in Minnesota, if there's, like, a tornado coming or, like, something, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> I'm not waking up. I'm a heavy, deep sleeper. So, like, it's not happening. I have some really good stories, like, about, like, first girlfriends, like, hanging out next to me, like, in the cafeteria talking to me when it's loud and, like, not knowing. And I was unaware of, like, having to explain or, like... <laughs> if, you you make... if you really like her, yeah. you put her on one side. If you don't like her, yeah. you're, like, you're sitting on that side. Yeah. <laughs> I just say you're on my bad side. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I, oh, I got a buddy of mine. He's missing an eye, and he's got a fake eye. And same thing. We oh, always uh, like Brian. Yeah. And same thing. Like depending on what side of the table you sit on him, you can really screw with him a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, like example today when I was driving with the distributor rep, uh, and we we carpooled today, and I was on the passion passenger side. I had to have my head like tilted the whole time, uh, you know, just to be able to hear him because like it's that bad. Like just in a car, like, and he's right next to me. And like, <laughs> like a, a couple of times I was, you know, busy on the phone doing a bunch of emails and I was like, but wait, what did you just say? I'm sorry. Like, you know, and uh, I was like, I'm not ignoring you. I just can't hear out of that ear. So, but yeah. That's great though. For when you do want to ignore somebody, oh, you yeah. can look at it and be like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> Please repeat that again. <laughs> no, you never say that because oh. then you're acknowledging that you're not like hearing or paying attention. You just go, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. I and then tell you, you how just many keep times on going the... with it. And then like, then they're just like, think you know, but you don't know. Like, sure. I've right, had yeah. multiple people at the bar who they get to a point like, oh, so that first and that over there. And you're like, yeah, exactly. Cool, buddy. And just walk away, call it at a time. I also didn't do a great job of like protecting my hearing, uh, you know, being in, in bands and, uh, and being loud concerts and stuff. I didn't. And you know, like touring with my friends, I just didn't do a very good job of wearing an ear earplugs and like taking my hearing. So that definitely affected yeah. me too. So how long were you in a band for? I was in a band for very long, just uh, you know, like a little bit in high school, and after that, and then I I knew very quickly that was not uh, my direction. So um, I was got a job working at a liquor store, uh, that a high end wine store that I worked at, and then because uh, I got into home brewing and was into beer. So, uh, but you know, for a couple of years there, and then like. Uh, I would still tour with my friends and different friends that I, I may, I may, uh, you know, made friends with that were in bands and stuff, just roading and selling merch and whatnot. So getting around and seeing the U.S. and uh, going to different cities. So it was fun. It was awesome. It was a great time of my year or my time of my life, and I'm glad I did it when I was younger because uh, I kind of got some of the stuff out as far as like party but now i have yeah. a job that's kind of like that again now where i just like go around it's, and see it's, a bunch it's of a people controlled and, party at yeah, least it's, it's like, a controlled right, party I, yeah. I can drink as much because we all drink yeah. beer but it's like i can't get crazy and do anything weird yeah. it's also like well, you know bosses and stuff yeah but you know there's days and times for all that yeah. so you know 
Is that what got you into beers? You know, you're touring around and all of a sudden you're like, wow. Yeah, I know no, I was in, I was in, I specifically remember being in uh, San Diego. I cannot remember that. I've been trying to like, I should just text to my friends to see if they remember. We were at a bar and I remember this bar, you know, because we're all drinking like PBR and Black Label and all this like gross beer. Like I never liked, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, it starts as when I was a kid, like, like I said, I just having like a developed sense of like palate and like height and like I always like, we'd be at the restaurant, you know, and the kids want to eat mac and cheese or chicken tenders. Yeah. I would see like a lobster go by and be like, I want that. And like my dad was super cool with it. My mom was too. But like my ex-stepdad was just like meat and potatoes, no seasoning on anything. And I was like, I crave the seasoning. So, but when we were in uh, San Diego, I remember um, that we, <laughs> we were at this bar and like the bar owner um, was like, hey, we have a policy here that bands get to drink, you know, like whatever you want for free. We know you're underage, but like, I'll look the other way. And, you know, we're like it's, 18. That sounds about right. I mean, we're, we're 18, 19 years old. And so it's probably a good thing that I don't say the name of the bar if it still exists. But, uh, <laughs> and I remember just being like, you know, Ballast Point, Point and Stone and like Green Flash and all these breweries. Like, you know, that's the IPA. I was like, what is this? And like, I just remember having it being like, oh my God, this is awesome. And like, these are delicious beers. And I, what's this flavor? And I, I went back and my dad homebrewed when I was a kid. So I was talking to him about that. And so he gave me, he, he quit drinking. So he gave me his hand homebrew equipment because he was just like using it to make like a root beer and soda and he gave it to me and I was homebrewing in the dorm uh and like in my or like in my apartment too and then just like having like bottle parties like and you know with my beer and like underage like getting drunk and I remember my brother like at some point like put down a can of Surly Furious and I had it and I was like wait wait we have beers like this in Minnesota like local breweries you know because like I could drink Sierra Nevada and like some of the stuff that was shipping to the Midwest Bell's Too Hard a Dale like that's the big one that was you know? that was the big yeah. one that came out here for most people yeah. that were like oh that's the IPA that got yeah. people into and, and like and, uh, and for sure that was a big one for me like I can just think like right now like I would love to be back in Minnesota and go to Matt's Bar which is the home of the Juicy Lucy do you know what a Juicy Lucy no. is? Okay, no. Okay so this not. is like a burger war here there's like a couple different restaurants uh there's five eight club and matt's bar they, are, they both make good juicy lucy's um I, I guess i shouldn't pick a side here for political reasons here but um <laughs> but we'll just say matt's bar here where i want to go but um so what it is it's a burger with cheese that's put in the middle and uh and then so it's cooked and so the cheese melts and like you gotta let the burger like cool down otherwise it's gonna burn your face off but that you take a bite of the burger and you get like some cheese in the middle it's delicious juicy lucy but you go to matt's bar which is a dive bar cash only and you get a pitcher of two hearted ale for like 20 bucks and you get a couple of Matt, like these burgers and some fries and like just it sounds like the midwest right now like it bit. sounds awesome so like and uh but yeah that two hearted ale definitely is one of those beers as well we should have had a food truck today doing juicy lucy's or something dude yeah. you know now at this point sometimes gonna hear this and be like i have a really good idea for burgers i think that there's that. i was you know I, yesterday when i got into town i was like kind of doing a little research of like you know I knew I was going to see a ton of accounts and a, a bunch of good places, but I was like, where's maybe something like that's like specific to like Tempe or, or uh, like Scottsdale, like Phoenix. Did you hear that, by the way? Tempe? Tempe. Did I, did I say it wrong? What is it? A lot of people say Tempe. It's Tempe. Tempe. Literally, it's like a hearty. Tempe. Tempe. All right. I can get that Tempe. Uh, but anyway, so um, there was like some burger spot that I like looked at and and they have like a special that like was brought, like they were advertising online. They brought it back to 
to demand and they called it like something torpedo and like it's like some flame gro- bro- broiled like burger spot that like looked pretty legit i didn't go there should have went there uh but like that burger is a juicy lucy they're putting cheese it's pepper jack cheese in the middle, in the middle. and then it's cooking and like you can't just make this burger at home by the way just i just want to let you know oh like, come on can't i can make this, make this. I'm, i know no, we can't. have to have a juicy lucy off now no you can't James okay listen I, I'll give you I'll give you some I'll give you some heads up because like I know like the chef and the main uh, like guy that runs Matt's bar and I've asked him a million times and he's told me like their recipe and like uh, I've, I've tried it at home but uh, what I will do I'll give you some tips you need a meat ratio that is obviously like an 80 20 like heavier fat and then you're going to like make these patties very thin like a small probably like a two ounce and then you're going to put some cheese in the middle and then you're going to like form them around the, the outside and you need a, the keys you need to let that sit for like 24 hours for that fat to like coagulate and like build the, the seal and then when you're cooking it make sure that you poke a little hole so that you let a little steam out of it so, and then so the cheese doesn't like ooze out and then like it steams in there uh, so that would be my my heads up but like it's it's harder said than done it's right, not ne- easy. next I want Instagram pictures next from time people. you're in town uh, we're gonna set up a little barbecue out back Ma- yeah and we're gonna right. have podcast 2.0 we're gonna do some burgers we have a little we're burger off all right see I, what we'll, beers go well, we'll with we'll, it. We'll, we'll put a little barbecue outside we'll and, and we'll get like six or seven of us all to make a version yeah. we'll cook it off and we'll have a little juicy Lucy I'll put, off. I'm putting an egg in it. the middle of mine yeah, and see what happens. we'll, have, right, we'll totally have a juicy Lucy off I've never seen anybody put an egg in the middle of it, but like I've seen plenty of other and avocado. Avocado out here. Now now you're getting the Arizona, California. California. This is definitely not Midwest. Hatch chilies, eggs, California. That kind of sums Uh, up California. Avocado toast is not Iowa. Did you guys already (laughs) open the studio Sue and I missed it? Nope. That's right right there for you. We left the half of that. All right. So who's Sue? We found out who Dorothy is. Hold on. And probably the funniest thing is watching people come in here and ask if we have that and try and pronounce it. Pseudo Sue, yeah. Pseudo, like Sweeto, sweet, yeah, yeah. The amount of times I've heard Sweeto, Pseudo, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Pseudo Sue. So who is Sue? Sue is the dinosaur. The oh, well, I think that there's some more recent developments here, but we'll just uh, erase that and forget what I, I was about to say. But Sue is the largest T-Rex and dinosaur found, which was found in South Dakota. And it was named Sue because there was a lawsuit between the gentleman uh, who uh, it was found on his property and uh, and uh, uh, s- some other people. And so he called it Sue because there was a big lawsuit. That's and if awesome. You see, I have, didn't know that. If you that, see that, there's a, there's a logo on there, the Field Museum, which is the museum in Chicago that has the Sioux on the T-Rex on display, which you can buy our beer at the museum and drink it while you're hanging out and your kids are screaming and running all over the museum and you need like something <laughs> to like calm your nerves down. So we have a cool partnership with them. Um, and so oh, that, field. And, okay, I see the field on yep. the thing. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, you know, it's just like a, a play on that and it's the pseudo Sioux. Um, you know, I've been with the brewery for a couple of years. I never actually asked like why it was named that. So that's really bad right. of me now, as an now employee, the other, but the other question I've had that I couldn't wait to have you on is pale ale. Yep. Not IPA. Now even when we tasted these, you want to do the IPA before the pale ale, technically. Yeah, I think that the citra hops are more demanding and more pronounced and uh, more aggressive in this beer than the uh, Pompeii. And so that and, and just in general, citra hops, I think you get more of that grapefruit, bitter pine note on it. And some people, I don't get this note, but some people don't like citra hops because they get a lot of garlic on it, a lot of burn from it. And so, uh, Damien, are you one no, of those people? No, I, was I have. 
I didn't have this car. I had it with Troy. Uh, not Troy. Um, do you have a beer guy that comes in yesterday? And he sat there, and there's a beer that we had. I'm not going to say what it was, but he would drink it every single time that he was in. Onions? And is, it was Citra Hops. No, not, oh. uh, not Dale. or uh, yeah, yeah, Dale's the onion dude. Yeah. And he sat there, and he drank this one beer, and he goes, oh, nope, hop turned. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? He goes, well, it went from this grapefruit flavor. He goes, it tastes like garlic now. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, man. Like, I, I can't get past the garlic. Yeah. Yep. And uh, some he, people just can't. It's I, it's probably like how some people don't like cilantro because it, you know, it's like a genetic thing because it tastes yep. like soap. I'm lucky. I'm not one of those people. Me too. It's I, delicious. Pack it full of cilantro. And I'll be yeah. happy. <laughs> yep. Love it. So yeah. Um, so that's why 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 I went to to this beer. Um, and we call it a pale ale. You know. It drinks more like an IPA. It's pretty aggressive or whatever. But what I will tell you, though, is that I think that there is a drinkability and a quality uh, as far as the, the yeast and the mouthfeel on it that lends to it being more of a pale ale. Uh, and sometimes I you know, go back and forth of drinking. I'm like, oh, this is an IPA or this tastes like more pale ale-y. Um, but, um, you know, that's probably just my mind playing tricks on me. So. And for, I, for our listeners, too, what is the actual technical difference between an IPA and a pale ale? Well, that would be a history lesson. Do you want me to talk about that? <laughs> um, if you got a minute, you want I'll to make a the, uh, the abridged the, version. I'll give you the brief, the brief one. You know, and there's probably somebody who can do this better than me. I'm but, sure. Um, like, when uh, the British colonized India and they were shipping other pale ales over, the beer was spoiling. It wasn't making the journey, so hops were not used for a flavoring, and they were used for a natural preservative. And uh, so. Uh, it, then the beer would arrive and it would still taste fresh and still have some characters to it, obviously be more malt-driven. But then uh, at some point in time uh, in India when they were brewing the recipes and they were brewing it off of having that extra amount of hop, uh, it was obviously a more uh, aromatic and more aggressive beer. Uh, and then we would flash forward to, you know, like the 70s and 80s and the home brewing days, uh, out, uh, uh, the home brewing days in America, but then specifically in the West Coast. Um, and... Uh, and, and that's kind of more of the modern uh, where IPAs, American IPAs came from. Um, you know, it's definitely on the West Coast. I do so. find it funny that it was like, it's a British invention, obviously being shipped in, yeah. but America's went, now nah, we're going to take and do this our own way. Yeah, we want well, to. we have these. It's a very British thing to do. And it, it really was like, very American thing hey, to do. <laughs> we have these hops. They're delicious. They're awesome. And we think that this is going to add some flavor to it. Whereas, like, a lot of the hop varieties that they were using back then were just more for a preservative, uh, more for a, a supple flavor. It wasn't, you know, to be what it is now. So, well, do you guys consider this your flagship beer? <laughs> this is the flagship beer. Yeah. <laughs> By far, Pseudo Sue is our flagship uh, beer and um, you know is our is our number one seller across markets and whatnot so yep. now, and you guys keep a as a core you guys keep a stock of this typically in most yeah. markets this, yeah. this isn't like a it runs out constantly all, all there's four, issues yeah, all four of these beers are are, um, are are core beers you know obviously some markets do better with Dorothy's than other uh, you know it, it's you know, obviously a fluctuating thing uh, based on craft loggers. And then uh, King Sue uh, as well, uh, you know, a little higher price point on that one or whatever. But it's a fantastic beer. And that's uh, it, overall, it goes Sue to Sue, King Sue, and Pompeii. But then there are certain markets where it flips, and maybe Pompeii is number two. So. What is, you have four cores in this market. What do you consider your, like, do you have another cores or that are These considered? These are the four the, core year-round beers, and then after that we have a, a you know, it's rotation nation. Didn't know there. there was like a porter, a stout, or something like that that was included. We in. used to have one uh, back in the day called Rover Truck, which is an oatmeal stout. We also used to have another core beer called Golden Nugget, uh, IPA, rest in peace. We actually recently brought that at launch before we launched Arizona, so you didn't get it, but we brought back the Imperial version of that called Imperial Golden Nugget, and I had one of those 
was on Saturday uh, because it was just lingering in the fridge and that beer was tasting really good. So it was good to see that come back. And that was kind of like what I was talking about, like that throwback of like hazy IPA with like West Coast characters. That beer like just, yeah, it definitely had like a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of that going on. So right, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so kind of move this along a little bit. We got King Sue and then we have one special thing. Yeah, we've got we got. Dude, King and, and this then, is good. I was sipping on this one. It's kind of like, you know, it warms up a little bit, and even then it gets a little more, like, softer somehow. Yeah, yeah 100%. No, I love these beers. The beers are great. I mean, it's... I'm just getting, like, a ton of, like, just, like, lemony, like, bright citrus, like, characters on it right and, now. And you could plead the... A little more citrus on this one, then, yeah. Yep. Feel free to plead the fifth, but what do you think is better, draft or can? Well, I think that's, you know, that's a big conversation that people like to have. And I'm more of an advocate of uh, a can and draft versus bottle. Um, you know, I'm uh, in Minnesota, Surly kind of came along and like put their beer in cans and 16 ounce cans. And like, you know, that started a big trend there. And then obviously a lot of other breweries came on and whatnot. And I'm a prefer, I prefer a can over bottle. I think that's really the argument uh, because in the argument goes like, well, what's the best way to drink beer draft right we're always going to take draft like i want my beer poured from draft into a glass properly with lines cleaned and everything and every, then then it's the best beer you're going to possibly have well what is a can it's essentially a small keg so that's the best vessel and that's just kind of one of the arguments i made back like you know 10 years ago when i worked at a liquor store and the old dude of like i want my beer in a brown bottle and i'm like well no you don't actually but <laughs> i love the texas yeah. accent coming into that one. Oh yeah. yeah that was just like an old uh, i guess i was more of like <laughs> old my, man old man that accent. was my like we make old, up the weirdest accents. Old the man, time like grumpy old man, like northern Minnesota. But I guess I had a draw, so that wasn't quite right. But it, yeah. it's weird. We get people who, in, in the wine industry, has it too. They think for some reason that a can affects a flavor into it, and that might have been an old thing, but it doesn't. I can understand people being like, "Well, you know, especially with wine, it's oh, it's in a can, therefore it must be cheap." But man, the convenience of having like canned beer is so much better especially with the new like clip-on tops mm -hmm. and then you don't break a bot like you drop a can all right you get splashed a little bit you're not shattering a bottle or anything i mean there's a million arguments to be made against my next statement here as far as like environmental impact but yeah. it simply comes down of like i like to can like i live in minnesota and we have a lot of lakes and we have the boundary waters a lot of forests a lot of trees and a lot of it's not just flyover country actually i want you all to keep on thinking it's flyover country so you don't come because it's pretty great that's how, we, so, that's how we feel about arizona a lot yeah. of times we've been but, saying that for years uh, yeah, don't but come it's, here. it's a desert it's, it's too hot it's beautiful and like it, it's awesome and and you you can't bring bottles out onto a lake when you're kayaking and canoeing you need to bring cans it's lighter it's easier to crunch it's you know because what you bring in is what you bring out and so there's a more of an environmental sustainable quality of that um you know i do have my like awesome hydro flask like growler that i you know get filled up from a local brewery before i go out there which is pretty awesome too that's even more environmentally friendly but I, I'm a I'm a can fan, you know. I want my my beer in a can, and you know a lot of people. Oh, I taste the middle. Well, your beer should be poured in a glass. Like you know, I get it. Like you're drinking a beer out of a can. If that's just like the simple like, um, you know, convenient factor, but like beer is great from a can poured into a glass. You know, and like then you won't taste that. Like it's not you're not tasting metal in the beer. You're tasting yeah. metal to your lips. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're having King Sue now, which is. Um, fantastic you know i was at an account earlier and we we're sampling this and um I, I will say like this is a great beer and i love it i just don't find myself drinking a whole lot because when i'm at vents i'm trying to drink our lower abv stuff to maintain but every time i drink it 
I'm just like wowed and blown away. And um, it's just Pseudo Sioux, Pompeii, Dorothy's are fantastic. But this beer has like another la- level of complexity and the mouthfeel, super pillowy, uh, a little bit more oomph to it. And then you just get even more waves of aromatic citra hops. Like everything in Sioux is even more pronounced. Like it's like we took the hop and just like squeezed every ounce of energy out of it. So it's funny because this was the one that, I mean, they both sold well. But yeah. This is the one most people were excited about. Was the king suit? Well, people like to get drunk. At seven point eight percent. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. The the it's amazing the alcohol movement that became what it was went from being this. Oh, I got to drink, you know, my four, four, five kind of a thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, man, people are like, oh, it's eight, nine percent. Like I've seen doubles come out now that they're like, oh, it's ten percent. Like it's not a double, that's a triple. But like, no, it's just an imperial at this point. But now we the quad and the quintuple. It's just like, dude, people are just pounding it's, IPAs left yeah. and right with high alcohol. It's crazy how like the double imperials, like all the like porters and stouts, like everything that's traditional to like like European brewing standards has been taken to America and stretched. And like, you know, like I always like knew that the definition of like between a porter and a stout was like roasted barley, but like that's not the case anymore. Now, you know, porters have roasted barley and like they're borderline, like, you know, a, American porter would be like a stout compared to a European, uh, you know, yeah. porter. And so it's just weird to see how like things have, and that's what, you know, that's America, more, bigger, Dude, that's faster. the biggest thing we always talk about, especially in the wine world. It's like the biggest thing about American drinkers. It's as powerful as it can be and the most flavor that it can be mm-hmm. and just shove everything at you want it's like an american muscle car we for like a drink. Big, we like big yep. things here big everything B- big houses big hair big sunglasses big cars big bold flavors big big hands big, big everything big, big shoes <laughs> that's all the bigs yeah, yeah all the that's, bigs. that's the american all thing the for you you know so yeah so this is obviously this i'm assuming like beyond your stouts what second most predominant selling beer um as far as like popularity yeah uh yeah king su uh, i mean obviously a, a lot of the beers are popular but yeah king su would definitely be a very um allocated sought after beer uh it is offered you know pretty much all the time in all of our markets uh, you know a lot of our seasonals a lot of rotating double ipas and sours are also uh, you know, that's what you know and you're going to start to see more of that as uh you know we launch here in the next couple more months of some cool different unique things coming here to arizona Very cool. and uh, it's just a, a little of an issue of like you know with how much things rotate and how many different seasonals are it's just kind of getting things launched and then once we get things planned then we are able to move and get like things synced up as far as the rotations and when things come out so but that's but, yeah. the best thing it's like you know you have your core you have your four five six cores whatever it is four four cores. yeah and then it's like hey here's our new thing here's our new thing here's our new thing so you keep everybody in with your awesome like the pseudo sue the king sue the mosaic the the dorothy for the light drinkers and then you're like here's the newest thing that we just made along the way so you kind of play into the add of people like oh i want the next thing i want the next thing i want the next thing most definitely that's that's kind of where the market is right now but core is still very important and we need to build that and these beers are phenomenal i mean like they're 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 timeless you know pseudo sue pompeii king sue like dorothy's they're always good drinking beers and they're always high quality and that's what we stand by is just like having fantastic quality beers um and what i will say is like to anybody that's listening to this that's like asking when we're going to send this and that you know there are certain things that like i'll never say never you know there are certain beers that like are tap room release or bottom release or bottle release at the brewery and you know there's always the right place and time or where some things can pop up um but you know 
not every beer is meant for everywhere. And uh, what I will say is just with how we've launched here with some core beers and some seasonal stuff, um, it's a lot better than how things were probably, you know, 10 years ago, even five, six years ago in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. You know, I worked before, I worked for Toppling I worked for a distributor in Minnesota, and uh, I was just telling Ennis, our, the distributor up here for Scout, like, <laughs> the, the, you know, the changes of different things that have happened with Toppling Goliath and evolving and, and where we've came and where now we are to, to offer things is, is a lot it's a lot better. So you guys are getting spoiled because there's a lot of people in the Midwest that waited a long time, a lot longer. Uh, I mean, I know you guys waited a long time to get the beer here, but like now that we're here- yeah, Other like, states will come down and yeah. they'll get theirs down the line. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that like, uh, it's it's been a process. It's been great, you know, and we're growing and, and we're growing as uh, fast as we can, but in a responsible way of getting the best product to people. So. And how many specialty beers do you guys typically make? I mean, I know you guys have your core, and when you jump on the tap list or like online, look, you guys have a number of different things that rotate yeah. through. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to be, you know, like experimental things at the tap room and things that like are not, uh, you know, in, in, in development, developmental stages. Uh, but, you know, I think that throughout the year, you know, we're probably in the like, it's changed year to year, but like eight to like, 12 different beers you know and then there's some things that get sprinkled in there here and there uh and some tap from things that make it you know out there but um yeah i mean there's i think it's a safe bet to say probably there's like 20 30 different beers uh you know a year that's so, awesome so yeah. with you in arizona right now uh of course we're, we're talking about the, your core four because we're yep. gonna be carrying a lot of these but you also yes. have a couple specialty beers that you guys yes had shipped out for your blitz and your launch and your special thing uh two of which we're pouring tonight uh, one of which we're actually going to have exclusive for our beer club members, uh, which we is kind of nice. We also have that Cherry Fandango. Yes. Correct. Or Dragon Fandango, whatever. Cherry Fandango. Dude, I so. wish I could show people this stout. Like, it, it won't translate to camera, but there's like an oily texture to this mm -hmm. that just makes you know, this is thick with four Cs. Okay, so... Um, yeah, yeah, so... We'll, uh, we'll, I'm sorry, we'll, real quick. This is the... Uh, uh, turmoil... Coconut cookie monster. Coconut That's cookie what it was. monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, to no, uh, turmoil coconut monster cookie. Okay. Yeah, I've mixed it up a million times. So, but turmoil, turmoil uh, coconut monster cookie. So this is our turmoil series, which is a uh, experimental barrel aged series. Um, whether it's just uh, a stout aged in different types of barrels and bourbon barrels, to now we're doing some stuff with uh, adjuncts. So this one. It's a play on a popular favorite, you know, cookie, uh, coconut monster cookie, and you know, with M and M's and whatnot. And per so real usual, quick, there's no, is there's no uh, when it comes to the barrels, there's no like, oh, we only use like a Jim Beam or you know, blends or something. It's no, we just kind of experiment with yep, whatever. Yeah, we experiment with a bunch of different barrels and uh, and working with some of the barrel brokers and the distilleries and, and companies just as far as uh, you know, perfecting that barrel age program and and working with different things, but. It smells. It smells, like, it smells like coconuts and M and It reminds. Well, like it reminds me cookies. of Samoa's, the Girl Scout cookie. Yep. Like the nose is like literally the package of Samoa's yep. to me. That so coconut chocolate, what, like. See, it's weird to me because, like, as as much as I smell this, it's it's definitely that like chocolateyness in there. But the coconut to me, maybe I'm just not. I, I've had coconut beers before, and I just don't get it. Maybe it's like one of those things where you know we were talking about cilantro. I don't get. I don't pick up coconut that yeah. well until I taste it. Yeah. I definitely get the coconut on the nose and in the taste um, and smell like candied uh, M&Ms and uh, like, you know, baked cookies with brown sugar. 
Oh, it's that's gonna, fantastic. Now, that's now, really fucking now, now, stuff like this, do you guys keg this very often, or is this like kind of like a rarity um, that you guys are doing something like this? You know, there's been sprinkles uh, of things or whatever, but this is definitely a program of us definitely, uh, you know, still doing some bottle releases of these things, but putting out um, more kegs and more availability. So this is pretty exciting. This is definitely one of our, you know, uh, hey guys, we definitely have some more uh, barrel-aged stouts coming to you, and we're having some fun, and we're letting some stuff uh, go out to the brewery. And like, yeah, like you said, it people can't see it on the camera, but like when you swirl this and you see the lacing on that glass, uh, and you just see like, uh, just like. It's just, it's thick, it's delicious. It is TG, it's everything we do uh, and what we do well and what we pioneered. And it's fun to see us, uh, it's fun to see us have some fun with like adjuncts and different things like that and just uh, experimenting and, and people are pumped, you know, and, and we've had a good reception on the kegs that we put out in the market. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are still, uh, when we announced our bottle re release like we did for this, we're coming to the brewery and grabbing their bottles. And this is just like another way of getting some of those beers out there to some people and, um, you know, showing some love to some people because not everybody can go to Decor, Iowa. I mean, I'll say I've had quite a few stouts, especially we've had a lot of people bring us in stouts to share yeah. with us stuff they've held for years. I don't think I've ever had a 13% plus stout that tastes... Like Dude, that, 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 that little it's, alcohol. It's it's ready to go right now. That's I crazy. Mean, like, sure, you could sell it. I don't think you need to sell it. This no, no, I think so, this is completely drinkable right now. So obviously, you know, like thinking about the sellers. Um, obviously, you guys have a ton of barrels you go through. Do you just have like this massive, huge warehouse, and it's just barrels from top to bottom all the way down? And also, like, a second part of that is. Is you know like in whiskey country, and I think it's the bottom barrels aren't your best, and the top ones usually are because you get that heat. Do you do they put it into the barrels and stack them like eight, nine, ten high, or are they just like yeah, it's just like a small row and it goes and goes and goes? No, um, you know I can tell you that uh, from where our barrel program is what was when I started for the company to where when I went to the brewery for the first time in. March when we had a, a quick little meeting. So obviously I hadn't, I hadn't been there, uh, you know, for a year because of the pandemic. Uh, and the, overall I was blown away because I knew they were doing expansion at the brewery and I knew they were building and doing different things. So it was pretty cool to see. And like, I was just like, holy crap, like, look at all this. Like, this is crazy. This, yeah, this is crazy. And I remember specifically going in the area where the barrels are and was like, whoa, like there is way more here. Now I can't get into the specifics of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and A, because I don't really like know all of it. That's more of a production thing. So for our head brewer, Mike, uh, and then some of the brewing team, but, um, there's a lot more barrels there, uh, which is pretty awesome, and it's cool, and it's good to hear. Uh, yeah, because from my side, I, I think of barrels. Like, for wine barrels, it's 55, 60-gallon whiskeys. I think are like, 53. And in my mind, I'm just picturing this just huge warehouse because I yeah. went on your website, and I looked at all the different, from all the assassins, all the turmoils, and I was like, there's got to be a ton of barrels. It's got to be a huge warehouse yep. just stacked. And yep. whoever gets the logistics of putting all this together, like, that's our assassin. We, that's this. I mean, that's this. They've got to have a crazy yeah. job. We have a we have a, a you know a seller team uh, that you know works on that stuff and the innovation thing and, and they do a great job. They're fantastic and um, AJ and, and Mike Saber our brewer and a couple of the other guys. I'm forgetting their names right now, but yeah, they they're they're obviously experimenting and playing around with that stuff and um, it's it's awesome. It's cool. It was cool to see. You know, I was just actually there last. Thursday when I was going to get my uh, new computer or whatever and like just seeing some of the new tanks that I saw that they were coming in 
um, you know, just uh, expanding and stuff. And it's awesome to see uh, just the layout and everything change and whatnot. It's delicious. I mean, it like, turns out Iowa makes really good beer. Yeah. It turns <laughs> out the Midwest uh, appropriately probably makes the good beer and kind of coming back, you know, full circle. It's German country, basically, at some point in some time. Scandinavia, yeah. yeah. The people who basically originated on beer. Yeah, I mean, and... Uh, we like to drink a lot, uh, you know. I mean, no, and, and, I'm sure you and, don't. <laughs> and we're, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, large people uh, and a lot of people that. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, a politically well, nice way no, of saying that. I'm just saying tall, tall, skinny <laughs> people and tarns, you know, farm they absorb people, a lot of space. Farm people and people that are, you know, are working blue collar jobs and a lot of people that are, uh, you know, yeah. So I work mean, hard, play hard. Yeah, work hard, play hard, and also, you know, we live in. Uh, in the Midwest, uh, you know, we live in, in variables uh, across that area of uh, some pretty tough weather, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of times that uh, there's not really anything else to do other than hang out at a bar or hang out at your home and drink and be with watch, friends and watch the Vikings well, or Packers or Bears, I guess. And I like lions. how you begrudgingly like, ah, well, the Bears, I'm a Vikings fan, you, you know, but. Uh, you know that skull. is skull. So skull, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I've mean, got a I, few friends coming tonight that are gonna love that. I get my heart broken every year. Uh, we're a great football team. We're gonna win the Super Bowl this year, but it's not gonna happen. So, and that's the sign of a Vikings fan. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I'm, well, it's all right. I'm a Falcons fan, so my heart's been shattered. Oh already. yeah, yeah. You got torn up by Tom Brady and in a, uh, a Super yeah. Bowl that I mean, they should have never came back. So <laughs> I think it was rigged. One of the best three quarters. One of the worst quarters ever. <sighs> I, I don't even rigged. have any. That's just the There's worst. There's no way. Now we're we're super excited to have these beers in town, and man, I mean, they're doing something right. I'll tell you, the amount of beers that also that are part of people's cores that get shipped around the nation, they lose quality. Yeah, they lose that nuance. We even have it here with some of the local beers that once they become bigger, they become made for the masses. They lose that craft beer characteristic, and for you guys to yeah, be in over, for you guys to be in over thirty states. And still keep that craft beer quality. You guys are doing something special. It's huge. You know, I mean, you know, we take it very seriously. I mean, I was responding to some emails for, uh, today from people across the country, just with you know some some concerns, and we take it very seriously. Quality is number one. Uh, uh, you know, Clark would would love to hear this because it is the truth. Like our customers, our consumers are our boss. You know, and if they're not happy and they're not buying our product, like. Then uh, and and they don't like the quality like that's that's a big thing and uh, so we take it very seriously and um, yeah no, yeah it, it tastes like a small local home brewery it doesn't taste like something it does, that's man. in over thirty states that, I, I, I was really happy with literally all of these beers I mean I it, can tell it, your glass is empty fast too by the way dude <laughs> this was rarely do you have a stout glass empty first dude I'm not a stout person either <laughs> no. like, and and I've been finding more and more that I've just been drinking shitty stouts my whole life it's like mm -hmm. when we're in wine people are like oh. I hate Pinot Noir and I hate Chardonnay. It's, well, you've been drinking shit, Pinot and Chard your whole life because you got it out of a box. You got it out of, you know, this, like, just junk, garbage area. And then you pour them a real one. They go, oh, that's what that's supposed to taste like. Like that. And I don't like peanut butter almost at all. Yeah. That is so subtle. It goes perfectly with the chocolate yeah. in that, basically. Um, I just want to apologize because I've been like very self-conscious of every time I'm drinking that like I'm making gross drinking noises on air and then also uh, like every time this I This is a drinking podcast. Yeah, you can do whatever yeah, you want. Like, and I'm like burping and I'm like, this sounds <laughs> awful. This sounds terrible. But also I will just say, I, you know, I was recently at a, a brewery that I wanted to check out that was a big brewery, uh, you know, a first of a kind. It's an area and whatnot and it was bought out and whatnot and I, and I went and had some beers and, um, you know, I mean, when I go to a brewery, 
uh, we're like I think we we're chatting. I was chatting with a, another account about this. Like, I try a pilsner. I try a lager first because like that is like the first thing you can try. And if they can do that right, then like they're a good brewery because you can't hide. You can use hops to hide a million things. Yeah. But the big big telling thing here, that, and this this speaks to Topland Live, and this is a huge thing, is that. This is a brewery that's a big brewery, and they had, like, a new experimental series of, like, and maybe they've done hazy IPAs or whatever, but they, they had some hazy IPAs, and there was some different stuff in it that had, you know, varieties, and I got it, and the first thing, you know, like, we're drinking our our, 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 our beers here, you know, Sudasu, Kingsu, and Pompeii, and the first thing I, I saw, I was like, I poured it, and it didn't have that orange, like, juice look to it. It was, yeah. like, a little bit, but, like, it was pretty clear, and, like... What I will say is that it's a lot harder to brew a hazy IPA on a large capacity in the way we do than people think it is because there's a lot of large breweries that are trying to do it and they're not doing it right. Hundred percent. And I think uh, those are dude, really good. I, I think those are really good breweries, and there's a lot of those breweries that do some really good beers, but they are struggling and they are having a hard time doing it. And that brewery specifically did. And like I remember the bartender asking me, and I very nicely said I didn't really like it. So and they they were I, fine into a normal consumer maybe but like it was to somebody who likes hey hazy IPAs and people that drink that and know that style I think it was pretty obvious that that they were not hitting the mark there. So no, I, I will say and I'm sure Damon probably agree. Uh, this has been great. Uh, I honestly couldn't appreciate more that you came on. Obviously coming out to Arizona is really cool that you're yeah. able to make a chance out here. I'm glad to be here and. You know, trying all these beers with you has been fun talking about it so that like our listeners get an understanding of, okay, like we know what to kind of expect for some people because I'm sure most people have a hometown brewery that they're like, oh, well, it changed a little bit. It's not what we liked anymore versus, you know, you came out and I thought you were only in a couple states, but here in 38 states and multiple countries, 32 states, multiple countries. And it's that good still. Whatever you guys are doing out there is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's it's awesome hanging out with you guys being here. It's awesome so far. It's day one here in Arizona. Yeah. But like, I'm pumped. So thank you for having me on. Uh, you know, like, if we want to, we can do an after hours, like, podcast again here at, like, one in the morning. That might be a little bit uh, a little crazier. Yeah. But. yeah. We've, <laughs> we've, we may have thought about those many times. Yeah. But, yeah, for, like, for us, it's, like, the biggest thing is... We love to educate all of our guests, like without the pompousness to it. But it's like, hey, you got to try this. Here's why it's so good. Don't ignore the phone in the background that I'm sure some people can hear. At least it's on the ice cream call, truck. They're probably calling about it. Yeah, we had ice cream truck. Well, so, nobody... I mean, I just want to say the last thing. So, cause before this is, uh, you know, let's get out there and sling some of these beers because got yeah. more people coming in. Is um, I'm I'm really happy that Arizona's finally on this wave of craft beer it's been bad out here for a long time and now we're seeing this slow roll and the more of like people like you who come out and talk about it and help everybody it's just going to get better and better and better awesome yeah yeah, i'm glad to hear that and like i think that you know there are definitely some good breeds out here we're happy to be here and you know scout distributing coming in and bringing some cool stuff there's a lot of room to grow there's some awesome stuff so Thank you for having me again, and I'm glad we got to drink some delicious beers. Um, man, that turmoil was tasting. Yeah, it's insane. Damien, final oh, thoughts on any of these? <laughs> no, the beers are awesome. Like I said, my my final thought is the fact that this is probably the best brewery that is largely produced that I've had. Because, like we plenty. said, mo- most of the large once you become a certain size, it, the beer becomes for the masses, not for the geeks. Yeah. And this beer is still for the geeks. This is still something that people that love craft beer that just want whatever's new and fresh and fun and they don't want something that somebody else has had, they're still going to want this beer because it's that good. Totally agree, man. You nailed it. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate you watching. Thank you very much. Uh, We can't wait to have you guys out here and trying these. So, yeah.
Yeah. Y'all take care. Appreciate y'all. Have a good night. Thanks. Thank you. Episode two in the new shop.